Welcome to Building the Future. I'm your host, Kevin Horick. You can check out new episodes of the show every Tuesday and Thursday at 2 p.m. If you missed an episode or want to get more information about the show, please visit buildingthefutureshow.com. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Ian Simpson. He's the head of communications at Lakeside Partners and the project coordinator at Blockchain Competition. Ian, welcome to the show. Thanks a lot. Great to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the show. You're involved in a bunch of things and you're involved in um, some actually really cool and interesting kind of things around kind of the blockchain crypto valley kind of stuff. But before we kind of get into that, maybe let's get to know you a little bit better and start off with where you grew up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I kind of came from, uh, you might say, the middle of nowhere, um, <laughs> the Midwest. I grew up just east of Indianapolis in Indiana. Okay. Um, and yeah, I grew up there, spent my early years in the cornfields of Indiana okay. and, uh, yeah, kind oh. of enjoyed that whole experience, um, before heading off to college. And I went quite a ways away, went to Middlebury college way up in the Northeast in Vermont. Okay. To, what made you go there? Well, that was, that was kind of an interesting story. So I got the idea to study French in okay. school, sure. kind of a foretaste of my international travels later on and after one year I decided I really wanted to practice my French okay so I decided to take a trip up to Quebec sure and I got up there couldn't speak a word of French had absolutely no <laughs> clue what people were saying but I did travel through Vermont and kind of discovered the whole area and the mountains and really fell in love with it and then later on I decided to end up there at university so sure man so yeah. what did you take yeah. in university so I was into, I was a real history buff. Like okay. from the early age, I was reading everything about history, French. So it was kind of the humanities, yeah, liberal arts school. Sure. And I had a background in history and French and uh, went through that. But actually, to be honest, I'd never finished. I okay. started out, didn't finish my studies. Um, so I kind of like to tell people I'm a college dropout, which was maybe a little bit of a surprise for my high school classmates because I was, yeah, a pretty good student. And then dropped out of school, and that was uh, always kind of a fun line to pull on people. So sure, yeah. no, I I always think it's interesting when people like don't finish college mm -hmm. or don't go to college because some people see that as such a negative, but like yeah. in, in some ways it's like it, it doesn't matter at all. At least in my opinion, right? Like in yeah. some ways, some of the most successful people I've ever met never even went, or some of them didn't even graduate high school and were like self-taught, right? And you're just like. Wow, yeah. you know, I mean, so it doesn't really matter, <laughs> right? You, you wouldn't exactly compare yourself to the Bill Gateses and the, the Mark Zuckerbergs of the world. I wouldn't do that either, but uh, that's um, yeah, kind of my my story. And I, I think yeah, I'm totally happy with where I ended up. So I have no regrets at all about how that ended up. So no, yeah. I, that's great. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm I'm kind of curious then. So you 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 get out of university. What did mm -hmm. you kind of walk me through your career before kind of what you're currently doing now? Okay, so I, I dropped out of school to do uh, charity work, okay, uh, kind of volunteer work, and I did that in the States for about seven years. I was in Indiana a bit, a little bit in Illinois, I went down to North Carolina, okay, and discovered the South a little bit, really enjoyed that, all the good southern cooking, and <laughs> sure. uh, so on. And then I decided to uh, come to Europe and I ended up in Poland, actually, okay. which Whoops. is 
Why yeah. Poland, just out of curiosity? Yeah, good question. Um, just because they, they needed somebody to come, I was really interested, had always been interested in Europe and loved history and things and yeah, just ended up in, in Poland. I didn't stay 100% of the time in Poland, so I was traveling quite a bit. Okay. And, uh, yeah, was in Europe and Asia, Kazakhstan, India. Um, oh, wow. All over. <laughs> yeah, really international. So I got around quite a few different places. And that really kind of gave me, yeah, international perspective. And I always enjoyed languages, so I learned Polish. Oh, cool. some Russian. Um and yeah, so kind of got a flavor for everything that there is out there. And then after that, I kind of settled down eventually in uh, the southwest of Poland in Wrocław. Okay. Really cool city and ended up in marketing and in a ad tech startup. So kind of gotcha. got into the startup scene in, in Poland, which is a really interesting space, actually. Poland, I think, is one of the top countries in Europe for really pushing the startup scene, maybe a little bit off the radar but a lot of great people and great ideas coming out of Poland. So yeah. oh, that's, that's great, man. So walk me through kind of your role at Lakeside Partners and what you guys do at Lakeside. Okay. So maybe just to tie that into my, okay, sure. my so I was, I was in Poland. I was, I was in the, the, the company there at ClearCode. Okay. And uh, then thanks to the internet and all of the things that are connected to it, I met my now wife on Facebook. And, wait, uh, wait, wait. Sorry, sorry. You, you met your wife on Facebook? I met my wife on Facebook. That's yes. awesome, man. So it all thanks to Mark Zuckerberg's algorithm. Interesting. People you, people you may know. It was uh, So here's the funny story. I had traveled up to Scandinavia okay. in 2009. Sure. I was in Scandinavia, Finland, Norway, Sweden, and I met quite a few people traveling around, and I actually met my future in-laws. But really? I didn't meet my future wife. Right. Wow. So, so uh, then later, I'm on Facebook, uh, just you know, browsing through things, and came to the section people you may know, flipping through the pictures, and I come across my now wife, and like, well, that's kind of a familiar name. Hmm. Checked out the profile and different things, and uh, sure enough, I I know some of her family, so that's how we connected. So then we got in touch, we started started talking. She lives in Switzerland. Yeah. And. Um, I decided, okay, I want to come to Switzerland. So then that's when I kind of discovered Crypto Valley, the whole blockchain scene, the crypto scene, and really started getting into that and meeting people here and, yeah, kind of ended up where I am now. Mm -hmm. That's cool, man. So I guess, like, walk me through kind of the Lakeside Partners stuff and mm -hmm. what you guys are doing, and then we'll kind of get into kind of the, the, the competition yep. and, and whatnot. Right. So Crypto Valley... It's, you know, it sounds like Silicon Valley, right? It's, mm -hmm. uh, it's a name that kind of echoes the Silicon Valley. Well, it's nowhere near the size, the, the scope of Silicon Valley, but it is a pretty special place. Okay. So here is the place where Ethereum came. They founded their foundation and yep. had their ICO back in 2014. Sure. And it was kind of like the, the, the genesis, the seed of something special. So there is a very special ecosystem of enthusiasts, crypto enthusiasts, blockchain enthusiasts, uh, entrepreneurs, and this whole area in general is really, really open for business, for all kinds of different things, and really flexible. Like, let's be honest, in the States, the, the attitude towards crypto and blockchain is still a bit skeptical with regulations and so on. Here, it's a bit different story. Okay. So things are really, really open. 
lots of things happening. Other companies kind of followed in the path of Ethereum and came here and set up shop, did an ICO, raised funds. Um, but the thing is, despite all of the, the great factors that make Crypto Valley really, really special, there is no place that you could call Crypto Valley. Like it's, there's, there's Zug, the, the town of Zug, it's a rather small place. There's Zurich, there's, there's Luzern, there's the area around here. Okay. Uh, but the ecosystem is still pretty, pretty new sure. and with no real infrastructure, real place. So Lakeside Partners is uh, three partners, actually, who have diverse backgrounds. And they came together uh, a little while ago to start doing early stage investments okay. uh, with a focus on the blockchain crypto space because okay. they saw kind of the need of of helping teams really like when you come in from another country which is what a lot of teams do they come in they maybe get the legal support they set up a foundation they have all of that but that's about it and gotcha. there be some support and help beyond that to kind of plug the gaps really make things solid and so that's what lakeside partners is doing um so when teams come in have have great ideas they like to partner not just maybe with the traditional VC fund model, mm -hmm. because at the early stage, like when crypto crypto startups, blockchain startups come in, right now anyway, their main focus is to do an ICO, to issue okay. their own token, to to raise funds that way. That puts them more in control, and it's kind of the natural fundraising method for a blockchain startup. I mean, that's sure. that's what things lend themselves to. But there is kind of that gap before where a team may need. Some, some coaching, some advising, some cash, maybe some other services and so on. Gotcha. So what Lex Partners likes to do is come in at that point with a cash element, then bring in like what we like to call smart capital. Sure. So some services, um, coaching, maybe some advisory. We operate out of a uh, business center here in Zouk, Lakeside Business Center. Okay. And uh, we offer co-working space where people can come, can, can work, you know, That's if they're awesome. here little bit of time and so on. So that's kind of what we're doing. We're, we're also one of the founding partners of the Crypto Valley Association, nice. which is really a unique um, initiative, kind of a multi-stakeholder association. So it's kind of bringing together the, the political element, the local authorities, some of the bigger corporates of PricewaterhouseCoopers, Thomson Reuters. Oh, wow. Big UBS. names. Yeah, some of the big names with the startups, with individuals who may be business angels and so on. And Lakeside Partners is one of the founding members of the Crypto Valley Association. Um, so, we're yeah, we're sitting right in the heart of the ecosystem. And, and really, right now, this year, the last, you know, the last four months, five months, has really been kind of a, a, an explosion of all of this stuff here. Sure. Like, for instance, last week we had the... Um, federal counselor, he's got kind of a long title, it's hard to, anyway, the Minister of Economy. Sure. This Minister of Economy who came and visited us because he heard about all the things that are going on here in Zouk and he had just had to come and check it out. And apparently one of his colleagues got kind of jealous. Okay. The Minister of Finance just showed up at our offices this morning, actually, just for kind of a quick hour visit. Well, that's so, awesome. Like just people showing up all over the place. Yeah, and, and Zouk, I mean, Zouk is a really small place. You you get off the train, you walk around to our office, you can go have a coffee, but it's, it's a very, very small place, but so much happening here. So it's really, really interesting. 
Yeah. No, that's 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 really cool, man. And I, I love that. And I think the, the thing that's interesting to me kind of about what you guys are doing is like when you have these big companies, they're probably like part mm-hmm. of the association. They mm-hmm. probably care the most about cryptography and kind of the whole kind of security and kind of blockchain yeah. kind of space. Right. Because in some ways, like they have the most to lose. Right. Right. They, yeah, you see a real dynamic of, of companies and, and even like people who work for a, a UBS or a, a sure. PWC, they come around, they kind of hang around. So there, there's monthly meetups that happen here. The, the Crypto Valley Forum has a monthly meetup on the first Tuesday of the month. And some of those people show up and they're like, you know, man, I wish we could, wish we could move as fast as, as some of these startups. Sure. I wish the innovation. And so you get now. And what is happening is you have a Swisscom, you have a Thomson Reuters who are starting their own incubators. Totally, that's awesome. They have to get the ideas. They have to partner, and so and that. But that's that's kind of part of the the Swiss way, actually. Is Interesting. That you know, big players have they have a certain role to play. I mean, they have capital backing, they have infrastructure, and so on. Sure. But they also need the agility and the ideas of people that, that come from outside the, the corporate world. And so that collaboration, that working together is really what has kind of made the area pretty special. No, that's that's great. So maybe just before we kind of get into it a little bit deeper, for mm-hmm. people that don't know what like crypto or kind of blockchain is, do you want to kind of give a quick overview of kind of the space and kind of what that really means to people that don't really know what we're talking about? (laughs) Well, I mean, the starting point for most people when we start talking about crypto is Bitcoin, Mm -hmm. um, cryptocurrency. Um, But so Bitcoin itself is made possible by the technology of, of blockchain. Okay. And that is the uh, sometimes referred to as this distributed ledger technology so where information is stored in a block it is hashed and it is connected to all of the information that came before it so you have a a ledger uh, of information transactions in the case of bitcoin it was for a you know an actual monetary or value transaction sure and every time a transaction was made it was recorded and and hashed and secured so that it is visible, it is um, transparent, and it is immutable, so it can't be changed. Okay. That transparency and that that immutability, if you can get your mouth around that word, <laughs> makes blockchain really interesting, especially to people who are working with lots of data. So, um, so in financial services or in insurance. Okay. where you have data and you want to, to have a clear path for it, you want to have traceability, and blockchain is is the technology that enables that. So now we're kind of moving beyond just blockchain and cryptocurrencies for transactions, for financial things, and getting into all different kinds of other sectors. So insurance, energy, real estate. We've uh, seen a few companies here in Switzerland who are thinking about ways to optimize their processes with blockchain in real estate or even kind of make their assets more liquid by breaking them down into small pieces like tokens. Interesting. And can treat that like almost like a currency, like a token that you can sell out on a very, very small scale. But because you have the blockchain behind that, you can trace it. And you can show who owns what, 
and it makes a lot of things possible that were not possible before. So it's a, it's a really, really exciting thing. Yeah. No, I, th- I think that's great. And that, that's, that's really cool because Bitcoin, I think for a lot of people is yeah. kind of broken into the, a bit of the mainstream yeah. Um, yeah, in I mean, the last, well, I right. would say maybe in 2017. Um, yeah. I, I think mm-hmm. like a lot of people still aren't using it or, or own any, but I think majority of people nowadays have at least heard about it. You know, it's kind of gotten not, a bit of good and bad press this year. So They're not immediately, you know, putting it together with drug dealers and criminals and so on. It's kind of come out of the dark side yeah. of things into the light, you know, onto the the light side of the force, if, if you want to say it that way. Well, and I so think, haven't certain that's, countries like basically, a, well, maybe adopted it as like a legit currency, even just kind of like across their country? Like, I think Japan, yeah. am, I, am I right Japan, in saying that? Right, South Korea, and uh, yeah, some other countries are, are looking at it, um, and yeah, that's it's the thing that makes it really, really interesting, because you have the whole worldwide community, and then every country, of course, treats it differently, but but that's, that's one of the exciting things also behind the blockchain crypto scene, is that it creates a real sense of community, because yeah. everybody can contribute, everybody can be a part of something, when you have a a token sale, a token generating event, like the lawyers like to call it. People can contribute, they can invest uh, $5, $10, and they become part of something that they could never become part of before with traditional models and systems and so on. So, yeah, it's it's really catching on worldwide. And here in Switzerland, you have kind of the open-mindedness to to take things farther than in some countries. Mm-hmm. No, I yeah, I 100% agree. I, I think the interesting thing to me about the internet, and I've said it numerous times on the show, is so many people just think kind of locally or statewide or maybe even like on their continent. But the internet allows you to, you basically need to be like a world kind of business person or, or like it sounds kind of stupid to say it like yeah. that. But like you have access to the entire world as like your partner's and kind mm-hmm. of your clients or your customers or, mm-hmm. you know, all this stuff, right? And having kind of a global currency that's not necessarily controlled by one corporation in one country is, is kind of really exciting, at least to me anyway. It is. Yeah, it, it really is. And and you see the projects that are being built using blockchain are, mm-hmm. on the one hand, they're kind of harnessing this this worldwide momentum, like, you might call it the power of the crowd, right, to fund sure. their operations, the crowd sale, the token token sale. On the other hand, it's the technology and what they're doing is enabling benefits to go to large amounts of people that could not, other, could not otherwise have had any of these benefits. So one of the projects that was actually here and they had a, a crowd sale, a, a token sale three, four weeks ago, they're building the technology to bring cross-border payments to people in like Thailand, um, Bangladesh, places like this. So given people who maybe just have a smartphone or just have a, a very, very small amount of money, the possibility to send money to do things that they couldn't otherwise have done because transaction fees and all this kind of stuff. So they were funded by the crowd. They have their technology, their solution. And they're bringing benefits to a large, a large crowd of people and populations, and that's it's a really interesting dynamic to see on the world stage. Sure, and I think as more and more people kind of come online and get a smartphone and and mm-hmm. or even just like a 
well, I, I guess like when I say smartphone, I don't mean like the latest Android or iOS okay. or app or iPhone. Sorry, I, I mean mm-hmm. like there's a lot more kind of budget phones coming into different parts of the world made by a bunch of different manufacturers, right? That mm-hmm. don't really need crazy hardware specs to be able to take Bitcoin or, or some sort of other cryptocurrency, right? Yeah. And that's yeah. kind of really fascinating is like even just like if you're like a local merchant in wherever, right, that has maybe even slow internet access is, is fascinating to me that you could actually kind of compete on the global scale with like yeah. where you couldn't before, right? Right. Yeah, you have access to people. You have access to, to, to one individual through, <clears throat> through the smartphone, through through uh, an application, and when you when you keep it simple and when things are fast and cheap, because now you can do micro payments without huge transaction fees. Totally. Then then people can do a lot more, and you can you can pinpoint one person, or a, a group of people. So much better. So it's it's a really really interesting thing. Well, I, I was watching a documentary about like Shenzhen, China, where they make all like all well not all but like a lot of the kind of parts for you know tons of electronics and stuff. Mm-hmm. And like people were just paying the merchant at these, um, you know, little not like a flea market's the wrong term for it, but it's kind of similar where you literally just like you pick like I want you know this little part or this little electronic piece that goes in my iPhone or or something mm-hmm. like that and you could just like send money through uh oh what's that thing what's the popular one uh wechat yeah okay you know you mm-hmm. could just send money through that yeah. quickly right to yeah. that person just and you just needed mm-hmm. their username which is is kind of a whole interesting kind of thing around this that i think a lot of people at least <clears> in kind of north america were like so early on in that space but yeah. like certain parts of the world it's become Maybe not like mainstream, but it's like almost yeah. there, you know? That's that's the funny thing. Like many articles have been written and people are talking about that, that blockchain, even cryptocurrencies could eventually be adopted much faster in developing countries because there is no existing infrastructure. Yeah. There's nothing to break, right? You just sure, yeah, interesting. Right away and it, and it comes right in. I even saw that interesting comparison. Like when I was living in Poland, so a former communist country, and a lot of infrastructure was broken down or infrastructure that wasn't ever there. Now they came into the European Union, they developed things, and they got funds to do it. And so they got right to the front with, with innovation and with the latest technology and styles and so on. So they take this huge leapfrog over countries who are kind of stuck, maybe not in the past, but kind of stuck in their own yeah, uh, interesting. situation, you know. And uh, it's it's kind of funny and, and interesting to see how that how that develops so then the, the the westernized more developed countries are learning from the newer countries and uh, that's it's really really cool yeah that is actually really cool so you guys you're also involved in this blockchain competition what exactly right. is it and and kind of what are you guys kind of looking for 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 teams or people to come in and actually mm-hmm. like compete mm-hmm. so this is one of our initiatives being here in Crypto Valley and seeing what is happening and how things have developed. Like I was talking about earlier, uh, an ecosystem that develops with kind of spontaneously, you know, kind of the combustible, spontaneous combustion mm-hmm. of, of things that have happened here. Um, uh, but the teams that come here, like I said, don't necessarily stay. They, they set things up, they, they do all of the things they do, and then move on, or they, they t- have their teams other, uh, in other places. 
So the, the blockchain competition is an initiative to bring teams here, yeah, to focus attention on Crypto Valley, and then also give those teams a place, a chance, excuse me, to settle here sure. and, and develop and grow. So this year we're focused on blockchain for insurance. Okay, and interesting. It's kind of, yeah, it's kind of a, a narrow vertical. I mean, blockchain is still catching on in general. Blockchain for insurance is even a smaller section of it, but it's kind of the natural progression from financial services to the next thing because finance, insurance connected so so closely. Yeah. So we, we did the competition. We're looking for teams that have cool ideas how to revolutionize, change, improve the insurance industry right. and it can be you know it can be teams that have a startup already it can be teams that just got together over coffee and came okay. up with a cool idea it can be teams and we have this actually um people who are currently working for a big established insurance company okay interesting frustrated with the slowness of their own <laughs> organization and have kind of gone outside to form their own team and bring together an idea. We have a really, really cool group uh, from Cologne. Okay. And one of was actually here for some of the meetups. He was checking things out and, and you know, really jealous of how things were moving. So he and his friends got together and kind of formed their own team. Interesting. He works for one of the big companies. I won't tell you which one. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. But, uh, I don't want to get him in trouble. No, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so, so there, yeah. Just all from all over, and uh, on the other side, like I said, teams that um, you know just got together. So one of uh, one of our applicants was uh, a man. I th I would guess he's maybe in his sixties, oh, wow. maybe seventy, but has had his whole career at IBM, kind of as a solutions architect, or uh, I'm not sure exactly his his area, but he found out about it from Switzerland here. Sure. And he wrote to, to us and said, yeah, I have some friends and we have this idea and we want to get this together. And he was, we were going back and forth asking a few questions. So, yeah, so we have all kinds of different teams coming together um, to, to bring their ideas forth. And the prize, the, the top prize is $100,000. Okay. Uh, U.S., right? U.S. dollars, okay, right? Yeah. Um, no strings attached, so it's not like, you know, equity or something like that. We just... Write the check, you get the money. And then, in addition to that, for the top team, we offer a package of, of coaching, okay. of ad advisory uh, support, and also uh, access to our connections. So one of the initiators behind the competition is Enacta, okay. and they have worked closely with many of the insurance companies here in Switzerland, and they have lots of good connections. And in a business like insurance, where it's heavily regulated and in Switzerland, very established for many, many years and generations, it's kind of hard sometimes to break in if you have a new idea. Sure. So we offer that as well. And then on top of that uh, space uh, here in, in Zug, in our co-working facility, for one year, free of charge. Wow. So that's the, that's that's the element. That's huge, actually, for you, right? Yeah. Like, that's actually a really good kind of prize package. Yep. And uh, it kind of brings up the question, you know, because, of course, when you, when you think about a prize, the first thing you think of is money, right? Sure. Always money most important, cash. You got to – people go around raising funds and talking to investors. But when it comes right down to it, sometimes cash isn't the most important because other things can help you grow 
just as much or just as fast. And actually, when we started the competition, it was kind of, so the end of last year, December, January 2017, it was before this real, the real wave of ICO hype and, and some right. of these big ones. So, you know, $100,000 seemed like a lot of money. Yep. <laughs> now when you have people raising $230 million, <laughs> that's like nothing. Yeah. But then the thing about that is it kind of accentuates the value of the other things because you can raise lots of money. That's really, really cool. And you can buy a lot of really smart developers and, and a lot of things, marketing yeah. and so on. But that isn't always the most important. So we feel like the package that we can offer startups is, is something that's really, really interesting, plus the chance to settle here and to be part of the community. And that's what we want is not just to hand out money and see somebody walk away and go back to wherever they come from, sure. but actually come here and contribute and, yeah, maybe create jobs and contribute to the ecosystem and, and see things grow on. Mm -hmm. No, I, I think that's great, man. And, and the thing is that you, you touched on something that I, I think is true, and some people might disagree with kind of both of us, but I think at least at least 80%, again, in my opinion, at least 80% of mm -hmm. a mm -hmm. startup's kind of problem that they need to solve mm -hmm. is kind of sales slash marketing. But mm -hmm. the, and the sooner you can have kind of somebody that has the connections to speed up your sales and marketing to your target market. And right. you guys, in my opinion, have kind of already solved that, right? Because like you said, you can have the best developers, the best product, but if nobody mm -hmm. knows about it, or you don't have the connections, or you can't figure out how to make the connections, eventually right. you'll run out of money. Right. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter yeah. of time. And yeah. so mm -hmm. if you can go from kind of, you know, idea to proof of concept to maybe even an early beta or maybe even a version one that's live mm -hmm. and you can have it in in the hands of a big company or somebody that works at a big company, you know, within a matter of months or a year, mm -hmm. depending how crazy complicated your software is like mm -hmm. that to me is 80 percent of the battle. Right. In a startup. It is, right. And and when you talk about why startups fail or why projects fail, you know, I don't know statistics, but a large percentage of it is because they didn't know what the market needed, yep. what their target audience needed. So when you have those connections, um, you know, you might have a whole, a whole slew of money to, to develop, but if you know and you have the connections to understand what is the pain point, what do these people need, what will they latch on to immediately – uh, if we develop it, that's that's really really valuable. Totally. And, uh, well, marketing. I, no, mm -hmm. keep going. Sorry. No, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say the other thing too is like, even if they like a team submits to the competition and doesn't win, just the connections that they would right. gain just from yep. being part of this, right, mm -hmm. could mm -hmm. potentially be, you know, career defining mm -hmm. or changing, right? I think people forget about that too, right? Mm -hmm. Like. And one, one thing about a competition is it's, it's kind of a thing where you have a goal, you have a deadline. So, for mm -hmm. instance, the team mentioning uh, where they work for, a, for an insurance company right now, who knows if they ever would have had the courage or the push or the drive sure. to come together, put their ideas on paper, develop something if they didn't have a goal. Now, whether they win or not, who knows? That's not up to me and, sure. it, you know have a jury that will decide that but it, it gives you kind of a deadline that you have to focus on and it, it really 
drives you to put it put it all together and i think that's a really valuable thing because people might have an idea or maybe they have some complaint you know how many great ideas have started from a complaint sure uh, you know my insurance company is so slow i wish they would process my claim faster or you know i wish i could buy insurance for just the time when i'm actually driving and not the time when i my car is at home or something like that you know sure. all yeah. those, those points that uh, people have they would maybe never try to do anything about it unless they have this this goal this this focus and i think that's something like that our competition can really bring to people and and be more so than a marketing um, thing or or even a chance for people to win money but a, a way to motivate people to work and and put their ideas on paper mm -hmm. no i i think that's great that's that's quite fascinating so to dive a little bit deeper into kind of how the whole blockchain competition works do yep. you do, do people have to like come over to you guys and actually work on this stuff can they work remote Submit oh, yeah. it no. online. Like, how does the whole process kind of work for people? Yeah. So we have a we have a website. Um, all the information is is there, but you can contact us through the website um, that you're interested, and then we have a system that aggregates all of the applications. So okay. you have a chance to describe your team, to talk about your idea, the pain point, the the idea behind your solution, to submit documents, whether it's um, you know, a pitch deck or it's a diagram of your your architecture or a video or so on. So we aggregate all of those now. Okay. We'll be continuing that process until the 22nd of September. Okay. Which is final, final cutoff. And then we have a jury. And the jury is comprised of, of experts from different fields. So we have some technical experts, people with uh, background in blockchain. So we have the president of the Bitcoin Association of Switzerland. We have a uh, vice president of technology from Luxoft. Um, we have a startup co-founder who's worked in blockchain. Then we have some people with investment and business background. So one of the partners here at Legside Partners, um, some others who have worked in business. We have a few lawyers who okay. take a look at the legal aspect <laughs> super important <laughs> yeah definitely we have to figure out if there's anything that could uh, you know bring the the authorities yeah. raining our heads or something sure and uh then people with insurance background so we right. kind of we have this panel and what we'll do is we'll take the applications online kind of split them up we have three teams of jurors okay and then they'll kind of go through them sift through them rate them according to their area of expertise and then that'll kind of help us bring it down to about 15 or 20. Okay. And the idea is that we will contact those teams and give them a chance to talk to us personally via okay. Skype or something like that on the phone. Sure. So we get a little more in-depth look at their, their application and their ideas. And then from those, we'll select the top 10. And the top 10 will get an invitation to come visit us here in Zouk. Okay. And participate in our award show which will be on the 22nd of november very cool yeah so we've planned a whole event around that um and we'll have facility in the theater casino here in zook so it's going to be a really cool spot we're anticipating quite a few of the local community plus people from around switzerland we've had some interest from from other people over in the geneva Luzon area okay wanting um, for the final event. So I think it's going to be a really cool experience. And like you mentioned earlier, even if a team doesn't win, they make it to that point, or even now applying, because we're 
we're you know talking about the different teams we're giving some of them the chance to share their ideas on our on our blog and uh yeah it'll be great exposure for people so there could be somebody there who doesn't even make it to the top three but their idea is interesting enough to an investor who happens to be at the final event and they have a chance to cooperate and maybe take their idea further so outside of the the the, the competition itself yeah no, i i think that's that's really good i i think the other thing to to stress kind of again about um like obviously it's nice to win but the, just yeah. the connections like the startup that that i work at kind of as my day job um we've we've kind of officially launched for like just over a year now or almost a year i should say um mm -hmm. and like i live in canada just mm -hmm. so it's clear we don't have one canadian customer right now we we're in 12 <laughs> countries at this point but like none of them's canada so I, the, yeah. the point i'm trying to get across is like you don't need to live in a country to have clients in in other countries right and right. so yeah. i think for you know like if if there's a company in the us or, or somewhere else mm -hmm. on the globe you know mm -hmm. they should still submit to you guys and you know maybe they'll make connections and maybe right. they'll, their biggest or first client could be in you know your area or somewhere yeah. else in europe or whoever who knows right but yeah. i, I, I mean, want to encourage people it's like geographically it doesn't really matter anymore right and and you know you that's the thing about like we were talking about the blockchain community and even learning from others. So you might have a team that has an idea. They come together. Maybe they make it to the top ten. They come to soup. They discover the the ecosystem here. Then they find out some more things or some more ideas. And then they go back and they develop their own ideas. So so getting together with people, even if it's in a competition where you're both trying to win a prize, yep. doesn't necessarily uh, you know preclude that you can't learn from somebody else. Well, yeah. And I think that's that's a really cool thing. I mean, we have teams. Uh, from Uruguay, we have mm -hmm. teams from Czech Republic, from That's cool. uh, Singapore, from the States, from Canada. We have teams from Canada, Chile. That's cool. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's a really, really international thing, and we're really excited. I mean, it would be cool if we could have all the top 10 teams, each one from a different country. Sure. But um, again, I can't control that, so we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> sure. Well, and the other thing, too, is like you might meet another founder or somebody else to work on your right. team or two companies yep. might merge or partner who knows right yeah there's lots of possibilities definitely so this is kind of totally a, a bit unrelated but i'm, I'm very curious the, the okay. photo on the blockchain competition.ch website with the the different animal heads i'm, I'm curious yeah. like what what's the who like who thought what? of that and kind of like what's the story behind that i'm so curious yeah. The really, the really mundane answer is that was the idea of our designer. Okay. Uh, but I think, I think really the idea behind it is, and and you'll notice that if you look at it, that it's it's animal heads. Yeah. The bodies of people, people and like yeah. dressed, dressed like maybe normal business people would be dressed, and and that's actually a really good um, uh, comparison or or metaphor because. Many of the the teams actually that have submitted are people with maybe a corporate background, right. or people who have been in different businesses, maybe in insurance themselves. <clears throat> they're not necessarily blockchain experts, but they know insurance, or they're blockchain experts, but they are learning about insurance. And so it's kind of like the mixture of the two. And let's be honest: at this point, many people still view the crypto community or the blockchain community as kind of 
a different sort of animal, you know, kind okay, of a different, different thing, you know. Sure. Um, so I think it kind of represents that in, in, in general. And besides, it's a good conversation piece and sure. it makes you question on the show today so <laughs> no i i thought it was i thought it was kind of yeah. kind of cool right and, and kind of innovative in the sense that i i kind of had my own interpretation and i know it doesn't really matter like i think it's kind of up for interpretation but i but i think it's it's interesting right so i, I thought i would mention it because i think people at least should go check it out because go check out the website definitely yeah, yeah just to see what it's uh, what it looks like and uh i mean again some people have compared it like to the last supper or some religious uh, picture. I don't know if necessarily you, you would have to, but it is you know people all together, people uh, sharing, and that's that's also the idea behind the competition too. So yeah, yeah. like for me, it was kind of like different people with kind of like different backgrounds, and they're represented by different animals, all playing nice together, <laughs> or kind right. of working together. <laughs> okay, the one is, big happy family. Yeah, yeah that was kind of how I interpreted it, but right. seems big cool. zoo. Yeah, yeah no. But uh, again, and then like going back to what I said earlier about a competition, it, it brings out ideas that you wouldn't otherwise have. So it might bring out the entrepreneurial spirit in some people that otherwise wouldn't have necessarily had the courage to, to try something like this, you know. So I think it can represent that too. Sure. No, totally. I, I think that's great. But sadly, mm -hmm. we're coming to the end of the show. So let's close with mentioning where people can get more information kind of mm -hmm. about Lakeside and the blockchain mm -hmm. competition and any other links you want to mention. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we have a, a website for the competition itself, and that is uh, www.blockchaincompetition, uh, no spaces, no hyphens, dot ch. Um, if you go there, you'll find all the information about the competition, a uh, really easy link to apply. Uh, if you apply through the form on the website, that information will come directly to me, so I will have the pleasure of personal contact with you. Um, as far as Lakeside Partners, we also have a website, and that is www.lakeside.partners. And uh, I have to be honest, it's not a very extensive website, um, but if you contact us through that website as well, we'll be glad to reach out to you. If you want to come to Crypto Valley, you should definitely do that. Contact us through the Lakeside website, or you can also check out uh, the Crypto Valley Association, that is www.cryptovalley.swiss, S-W-I-S-S. -S. So those are some, some places to go and check out and find, more about, find out more about what's going on. Perfect, man. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your uh, Friday evening to be on the show. Yeah, okay. And I look yeah. forward to keeping in touch with you, man. And have a good rest of your day and weekend. Thanks a lot. Thanks, man. We'll talk soon. Very good. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. The music for the show is done by Electric Mantra. You can check them out at electricmantra.com and keep them for the future.